All right, thank you, Scott Shannon, and thanks to all of you for being with us. Here's our toll-free number. It is 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the uh, program. Uh, obviously, a lot, of re- a lot of reaction to last night's. It's a huge win for President Trump. Let me give you some perspective so I, I think people can understand how profound this is. It's only been, let's see, since 1976 where somebody wins Iowa and then goes on to win New Hampshire. Often people will win Iowa, go to New Hampshire and lose. I'll give you a perfect example of that is George W. Bush versus uh, John McCain at the time. And, and then that primary in South Carolina became one of the nastiest primary races I think I've ever seen in my adult lifetime. It was hardcore. Uh, I guess the Secretary of State's office now saying there was a record turnout last night uh, and approximately more than 40,000 people voted in 2024 than, let's see, yeah, voted in 2024 than 2016. Uh, that's getting very interesting. Uh, anyway, 97% in, over 322,000 votes counted will be over 330,000. And if you look at the results, I mean, this is a historic high in terms of, of an election. And the current results pretty much have Donald Trump up by, let's see, well, probably about 11, 12, maybe it'll end around 12 points, depending on where these outstanding counties are. Um, I mean, a very big win by any objective analysis. Uh, reports that Nikki Haley spent about $31 million in the state. That is an awful lot of money. Um, one thing that has really, really irritated a lot of people and me among them, and I'm, I'm not being critical of Nikki Haley, except that, you know, she wants every vote she can possibly get. I guess that's the nature of the business. However, if you look at the numbers after last night, it turns out that the Daily Caller did an analysis on this about seven in 10 voters that back Nikki Haley in New Hampshire in the primary were not Republican And that was even in CNN's exit poll. And among Trump voters, 75% of Republicans were voting for Trump. Maybe I'm old-fashioned, and I think that Republicans only should vote in Republican primaries. When I was in New York and a registered conservative, uh, I did not have the benefit of being able to vote in a Republican primary, and I, I was happy with that. There was one year I changed my affiliation just for that very point. Might have taken me a couple of years to change it back, but I, I changed back to the conservative ticket. Um, and if you looked a little more deeply into all this, tr- Trump won a higher percentage of New Hampshire Republicans than Biden did with Democrats. You know, Trump won the Republican race, 54.4% of the vote, somewhere around that area. That's where it's going to come in. Uh, Biden won the Democratic primary with just 51.6% of the vote. Dean Phillips, by the way, got what, 21% of the vote last night. Uh, That was not too shabby a showing. Uh, Maybe it's because Joe Biden basically thumbed his nose at both Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, The real clear politics average shows Trump defeating Biden by a much larger margin than Nikki Haley does. Um, This happened, this came up between comments that were made by Governor Sununu and uh, comments made by Nikki Haley, but... Uh, She does not beat Biden by even 10 points or five points or even two points. As of this morning, Nikki Haley's real clear politics average over Biden was just one point one point. 
And anyway, Trump's margin is three times larger than Nikki Haley's. And if you look at the latest poll that has come out, a new poll shows that Trump has expanded his lead over Biden to seven points. Uh, This is the latest uh, Harris uh, national poll taken just before the New Hampshire primary. And Trump expanded his lead over Joe Biden to seven points. And as for claims that New Hampshire primary votes, uh, you know, shows Trump in trouble with independence. uh, I don't think anyone could predict that. Um, But anyway, you know, this is the independent vote in the new Harris poll has Trump winning over Joe Biden by seven points. So, you know, but you can do a lot of things with polls. They're snapshots. They are a moment in time. They are not the reality. Uh, and I always thought, I, th- I think New Hampshire's system complicates everything for everybody in a, just a variety of ways. And I just wish they did it differently. I wish, I just, I, I wish other states did the same thing as well, where they, they allow open primaries. I think in South Carolina, anybody can vote in any primary they want. Although Joe Biden does need to campaign and James Clyburn uh, will push hard for Joe Biden. I think I think it was James Clyburn, the Democratic congressman from South Carolina that saved Joe Biden back in 2020. Uh, but to have 70 percent of Nikki Haley voters not registered Republicans. Now, look, I don't tell people what to do. Let me be very clear about this. I don't tell candidates when to get in a race, whether to get, you know, if somebody calls and asks for my advice, friendly advice. I, I speak openly with them and honestly and give them my my real analysis, uh, just the right thing to do. And anyway, so I don't tell people when to get in or out of races. I mean, I'll let everyone else seems to be on that bandwagon. Uh, it's really up to Nikki Haley. However, if I put myself in the position of being Nikki Haley's campaign manager and I'm looking at the real clear politics average in your home state, South Carolina, she was governor. And I see that the real clear politics average is she's down 30.2%. And then when I put together the the current governor, McMaster's, is not supporting Nikki. He is supporting Donald Trump. Senator Lindsey Graham is supporting not Nikki, but Donald Trump. Senator Tim Scott, appointed uh, by Nikki Haley, I believe to the U.S. Senate, if I'm not mistaken, um, got that appointment, still is going with Donald Trump over Nikki Haley. Uh, then you have Nancy Mace and, and most of the congressional delegation, a lot of state representatives and senators all supporting Trump over Nikki Haley. Um, now, if I'm a campaign manager, I might be thinking a little bit more long term and I might be saying, you know what, maybe it's going to be a better environment because it's going to be an open primary for years, regardless of whether, you know, Trump beats Joe Biden or not. And it may be it may may be a more favorable time. Um, now Nikki Haley is also, she didn't register apparently. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly happened here. Uh, but the next primary is next week and that's in Nevada or Nevada. And, uh, we know the great people of that state, you know, are Trump's going to win because Nikki Haley's not a part of getting, even having a chance to get a delegate out there. And then she's going to go into South Carolina, her hometown. What are the risks long-term if she gets a shellacking? And these polls hold up or even if he wins by 15 points, which would be an enormous victory against, you know, a former sitting governor of a state. Um, that would be a significant win and but also a significant blow to Nikki Haley, in my view. And whether her campaign is going to think about that or not, I have no idea at all whatsoever. So, you know, we'll wait and see what happens. Um, 
But $31 million is the tally, uh, according to these, you know, when you include all of the different uh, super PACs and the money that's being spent. Uh, but $31 million is what they estimate that Nikki Haley spent in New Hampshire. That is a lot of money for a second place finish. There was a little bit of bad blood last night. Um, that doesn't surprise me. This is not my first rodeo. Primaries usually get pretty fierce. Not so early in the process as kind of happened this year, but uh, at some point during a primary, it's going to get ugly. And Nikki Haley, yes, she did congratulate Donald Trump, but then she went into a pretty much her stump speech on why Donald Trump should not be the nominee. And Donald Trump is looking at, I have a 30-point lead over you in your own home state. Uh, I'm not exactly sure why you're not getting out of the race. And he's thinking, okay, if it's still a fight, then I'm, I'm staying in till, till I'm the last person standing. And that's kind of the, na the nature of the beast. I know a lot of people were critical. Well, Donald Trump could have been this or more gracious or whatever. Um, I think what Nikki Haley's going to try and do is, is make a push to get Donald Trump to debate her. Now, there's no downside for her, especially if she's heading into South Carolina down by 30 points. So, of course, she wants to debate the front runner. Now, the question is, is there any upside for Donald Trump to debate her? Um, I, I don't see it. Maybe we'll ask Bill O'Reilly about it. Uh, he commented on uh, his uh, homepage today. Um, one CBS exit poll, half of New Hampshire Republicans say that Donald Trump is fit to serve even if convicted. Uh, I, I have no idea what impact, and this is something nobody can really talk about or factor in. We don't even know whether there'll be one trial in 2024 that involves the charges against Donald Trump. We just don't know. Uh, there are so many ways that you can delay and appeal uh, trials from getting started and, and pretrial motions, et cetera, et cetera. I, I'd be very surprised if there's more than one or two cases that might come up. It seems that they're really pushing hard to get the D.C. case up, which is probably in terms of a venue the least friendly to Donald Trump of any of the, the potential venues out there. Uh, that he, he's going to have to deal legally with. I, I don't I don't believe Donald Trump can get a fair trial in D.C. About five percent of the population there voted for him in the last election. It's not exactly conservative territory. It's not exactly Donald Trump friendly territory in New York City. I think he got about 12 percent of the vote. That, too, is not exactly Trump friendly territory. And I can tell you, Fulton County, Georgia, having also lived in in Georgia, not exactly Trump friendly territory, although this Fannie Willis controversy is getting bigger and stronger by the day. Um, anyway, so it's, it's getting interesting. If you look at uh, the Fox News exit polls and our voter analysis on Fox, what New Hampshire voters wanted in a GOP nominee what was really interesting, saying it's very important quality is that they be a mentally fit 95 percent of people, 85 percent want a strong leader. 76% want strong policy. 75% want to factor in, can that person win? And 72% want to know, does this person really care? Are they really passionate about what they're, what they're talking about, what they speak about? Another interesting question that was asked in their analysis, which better describes the view on the charges against Trump? It was over 80% of Iowa voters, 66% in New Hampshire. Again, a very high independent registration base uh, in the 40s, which is 
almost unprecedented. Uh, then a, a question asked by Fox News in their analysis, did Joe Biden legitimately get elected? 52% in New Hampshire said no versus 46% saying yes. Is Biden too old to serve another term? 41% say yes and 58% said no. Uh, I'm not sure where they got the 58% because the answer to that question is more than obvious with anyone to, uh, that has eyes that can see. Uh, Ronna McDaniel, the RNC chairwoman, has now weighed in and, and said Nikki Haley uh, should consider withdrawing. What is her path to victory? If, if you're running a campaign, you, gotta, you always got to look at this as, okay, what states can we win to get enough delegates that we can eventually be the nominee of the party? So if Nikki Haley comes in third in Iowa, uh, second place in a two-person race in New Hampshire, if she's down by, she can't compete in Nevada, so she'll lose there. And South Carolina, her home state, she's down by a massive amount of, in terms of real clear a- politics average, uh, b- down by 30. Tell me the path that Nikki Haley is going to take to get her to victory. Because I think that's a question they need to be asking themselves. I personally... If she, look, unless she can pull off the upset of all upsets and, and win, win her home state, that would be a game changer. But when you're down on the polls, the average poll by 30 points, I, I, I don't recall in my lifetime seeing somebody being able to overcome such a wide margin like that. But I guess anything's possible. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN. Our number, if you want to be a part of the program, we'll get to a lot of your calls, your comments. Bill O'Reilly today, Eric Trump will join us to talk about his dad's big victory yesterday. You know, 9-11-01 is more than just a day in history. It's a day that is still taking lives. And, you know, 9-11 related illnesses are very real. More uh, first responders have died since 9-11 from their illnesses than on the actual day. Only two states in the country have kindergarten through 12th grade mandates requiring that teachers in each grade talk about America's darkest day. We've got a whole generation of kids that know little to nothing about that day. But that's the purpose of the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute. And they're trying to right that wrong. They're helping teachers educate kids grades K through 12 with nonfiction resources. Uh, That means they're nonfiction, first-person accounts held through videos. They're discovering heroes, book series. They have full curriculum uh, units for teachers. Uh, They have a speaker's bureau. They have a mobile exhibit, their big tractor trailer that's interactive. They have their Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarship Program for kids of program recipients. Anyway, they can't do it without your generosity, love, and assistance. And we hope you'll join all of us here at Team Hannity and join this effort to commit to $11 a month. Go to their website, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org, the letter T, the number two, the letter T.org for the Tunnel to Towers Foundation.